Hello everyone, Patriot Underground here. So before we begin the show, I wanted to take a quick moment to remind everybody to check out PatriotSwitch.com. Click the link in the description and begin your journey making the switch to purchasing your personal and household products from a patriotic company who shares your value system and doesn't funnel your money directly into evil operations that are designed to destroy us. This is a no-brainer, folks. I made the switch and I couldn't be happier. And as I said, I only come out and support something that I personally use and believe in. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. PatriotSwitch.com. All right, folks, enjoy the show. Patriot out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is June 22nd, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So yesterday, I was listening to Dr. Scott Young's latest interview on Upfront in the Prophetic, and he was talking about many of the details that I've been working on in my own research having to do with Nasara and Jasara. And I thought that doing an overview of some of the information that he provided, as well as infusing my own commentary, would be a great vehicle to provide a situation analysis report. Because all of the pieces really do come together in this complex puzzle when you get into an in-depth discussion about what's been really going on behind the scenes in terms of dismantling this economic debt prison. There's a lot of information to cover, so why don't we just jump right in here? Now, first of all, it's very important for folks to have an understanding about where this whole idea for Nasara came from. It actually originated back in the 1980s and matured over time due to fundamental problems written into contract law, which stipulated that the federal government would take over farmland upon the death of a family member. Now, it's vitally important to understand that contract law between two individual parties is ultimately what drives case law within our system. Obviously, you can't enter into a contract with someone who's incapable mentally of entering into one, and you also cannot enter into a contract under illegal pretenses. And in addition to that, the stipulations of the contract need to be honestly and completely transparent between the two parties that enter into an agreement. So under these conditions, contract law is ultimately what decides the verdict in most cases within our justice system. So as long as both sides enter into a contract under these terms and in accordance with the tenets of common law, that contract will be upheld in court most often. However, if one side violates the terms of the contract and takes the other party to court, they win. So in the case of Nassara, the lawyers for the farmers found that the sons and daughters were cheated out of their inheritance due to a proviso written into the contract by the federal government, and given the fact that legalese was used in order to conceal the true nature of these contracts, the government was then obligated to give them that land back for free because it was already theirs to begin with. And so the story goes that as these cases matured, the conversation began to expand legally, and the White Hats began to use contract law in order to wrestle back what the cabal had stolen, in essence, by constructing fraudulent contracts. And this led up to the Clinton era, where he was forced to sign legislation that was supposed to introduce Nassara on 9-11 of 2001. 
And we all know what happened on that day. Not only that, Dr. Scott indicated that Clinton was actually forced at gunpoint to sign this legislation by the White House. And at the time, the Twin Towers already had all of the technological infrastructure to switch over to gold-backed currency. And Building 7 was filled with, amongst other things, documentation on the JFK assassination, which was also supposed to be disclosed as well as a part of this Nassara law. And also written into that legislation that Clinton was forced to sign was debt forgiveness that once again was based upon the tenets of the contract law that I just described. So everything was all set up to go prior to that pivotal day in our history. But then Bush got into office and he killed the Nassara legislation just prior to the inside job of 9-11. And this really was the beginning of the cabal's 16-year plan to ultimately bring the United States into a position of submission. And of course, they used this as a pretense to start, or rather I should say, to accelerate the tactic of endless wars in order to achieve their agenda. Part of which was to constantly distract we the people and manipulate our sense of patriotism in order to get us to agree to surrender our inalienable rights for the illusion of security. This is exactly how we got the Patriot Act, which of course now is being turned and wielded against us, the American people, as a weapon, specifically Trump supporters, conservatives, and anybody who doesn't align with the enemy agenda, which in truth is probably about 90% of the country, despite the MSM gaslighting, trying to get us to believe that the opposite is true. And so in the aftermath of 9-11, the White Hats then had to regroup and figure out the next step in their strategy to counter this inside job, which set in motion, as we know, almost two decades of foreign policy designed to bring us ultimately into a nuclear cataclysmic event that would kill off 90% of humanity. And this is the simulation that we're living through right now. The White Hats are mirroring the cabal's plan in their controlled demolition military sting operation. So then you fast forward to the market crisis of 2008, and the plot thickens, as they say. Now, the mainstream media official narrative back then was that the federal government gave $250 billion to the banksters who reluctantly accepted the money in order to prevent the entire system from crashing down and having tanks on the streets. You remember all the conversations back at that time. But the real story behind the scenes is that the White Hats attempted to move in $83 trillion in an effort to wipe out the debt and institute Nasara once again through the fiat system. And subsequently, the money was stolen by the cabal because they controlled the technical infrastructure behind the scenes that enables the system to function. And not only that, through a series of legal maneuvers, once again, Barack Obama was able to block this Nassara legislation from going through in 2011 at The Hague, which resulted in a lien placed on America for that money. And reportedly, the cabal tried to strike a deal saying that they would allow the money to come in if Hillary Clinton were placed in the presidency in 2016. And of course, the White Hats rejected this. 
Now, this is where the two different sides decided to create their own initiatives. And they've been in competition ever since in order to control the worldwide financial system. So the alliance started the quantum initiative, which was in response to the cabal setting up the system of cryptocurrency beginning with Bitcoin in 2008, right around that same time. So here is where you have the parallel construction that I talk about so often coming into play. The enemy created a system that would only appear on the surface to be decentralized and transparent. But in reality, it was filled with back doors. And not only that, it's controlled by the enemy due to their operatives being in control of the majority of the crypto in circulation, which means that the market can be very easily manipulated and accounts can be hacked. You have to understand that the cabal set up the system this way to create the illusion of everything that the people wanted. They knew that the people were getting wise to their financial schemes. And so they did what they always do. They rebranded themselves to make it appear as if they were working against the interests of the central bank and in the interest of we the people. And nothing could be further from the truth. So consequently, everybody jumped on that cryptocurrency bandwagon, which was exactly what the cabal intended. As a matter of fact, this tactic parallels the way that the cabal manipulated the public back in 1913 ahead of the passage of the Federal Reserve Act by publishing a series of articles in mainstream media suggesting that the central bank was contrary to the interests of the bankers because they knew that the public would support the idea of the Federal Reserve, or at least a majority would, if they thought that it was against the interests of Wall Street. And so we were easily conned into thinking that this was the right direction for the country. And as it turns out, the story of the Federal Reserve is entirely intertwined with the real story of the Titanic, which has been getting an awful lot of attention given the sub that went missing. And I happen to believe that this is going to lead to a broader disclosure about what really happened aboard that ship. So without getting into an entire story involving the plan hatched at Jekyll Island. For folks who aren't aware, I'll just give you a quick overview. The cabal set up the three most powerful men in the country who opposed the idea of a central bank to get on that ship with J.P. Morgan, who at the last second canceled his plans. And aboard the Titanic, they were supposed to talk about how to maneuver the country out of a position of debt, because at that point in time, America was experiencing a huge financial crisis that forced government offices to close because they couldn't pay their bills. And it just so happens that J.P. Morgan owned the White Star Line, which built the Titanic and its sister ship, the Olympic. So John Jacob Astor, Levi Strauss, and Benjamin Guggenheim were all tricked into getting on that ship under false pretenses, never knowing that they were on a death voyage. And after all the dust settled and the media was able to successfully pull off the cover-up that it was the Titanic that sank and not the Olympic, and by the way, folks should do their own research on this, the Federal Reserve Act was passed without any real opposition. And by the way, 
It was passed on Christmas Eve of 1913. And ultimately, that's how we arrived at this point. And for folks who want the whole story, I highly recommend reading 107's book, The Kid by the Side of the Road. But getting back to the creation of cryptocurrency, the enemy system of digital currency was actually designed to facilitate money laundering. And not just money laundering, but human trafficking, weapons trafficking, adrenochrome production, and every other type of evil that they're engaged in. So knowing this, the White Hats needed to put a countermeasure in place. And this is where the QFS comes into play. The system that we're moving into has been running parallel to the fiat system for several years now and is truly decentralized and transparent. And it allows for each nation state on earth to have its own independent sovereign currency that cannot be targeted for manipulation by the enemy. And this is essentially what prompted the race against time on both sides to implement a new financial system that would ultimately either enslave humanity fully or liberate us from this debt prison matrix. So when Trump got into office, and by the way, this was a white hat operation right from the get-go, he was placed by the military. And it's very well understood at this point that the internet connection to the Dominion machines were shut off in 2016, which enabled a fair election to take place. And so once he got in there, there was this realization that Nasara on its own would not succeed unless it was adopted on a worldwide scale in the form of Jasara, which is why Trump immediately began his world tour right after being sworn in in 2017. And the mission was very simple, to inform the enemy in every nation state on earth that the White Hats have proof of all of their crimes. And this ultimately would be exposed to the world. And so the alliance used this as leverage, of course, but it was also designed to expose deep state assets placed strategically throughout the world that the White Hats didn't know about. And ultimately, to draw the battle lines leading up to this final confrontation that we're in right now. The alliance understood that the only way to effectively counter this strategy to move everybody's finances into cryptocurrency was to expand the concept of Nasara beyond America and institute a worldwide quantum financial system that would effectively prevent the financing of evil and the pilfering of wealth from we the people. And so it's important to understand that each country on earth that's participating in the quantum financial system will not only have its own currency and its own quantum computer, but that currency will be backed by their own sources of wealth. So for a country like Zimbabwe, it's going to be diamonds. And for other countries like Brazil and Saudi Arabia, it's going to be oil. And here in America, it's going to be gold. But essentially, the idea is that every nation on earth has its own source of wealth. That's the way God created the world. And that wealth was stolen by the cabal. And the White Hats have been very busy behind the scenes this entire time, not only recapturing that wealth, but also repatriating it 
in order to roll out this new system. And this is where the three-letter agencies come into play and why they're being targeted right now as a part of the disclosure process ahead of the exposure phase that will begin when the EBS is triggered. We all know that the intelligence community was really set up to protect the cabal's interests, particularly with regard to maintaining control of the world's economic system by backing the petrodollar with the threat of military force. And so we now know that the covert operations behind the scenes conducted by the CIA all over the world over all of these years have been designed to intimidate other nations from breaking free from the private Western Central Bank. Just look at what happened to Gaddafi in Libya, for an example. But going back to Trump's world tour, we can all remember that this coincided with the false flag shooting in Las Vegas that was intended to send a message to the Saudi prince, Bin Salman, to back off his relationship with Trump. And the reason for that is because Saudi Arabia is the primary driver of the value of the U.S. petrodollar through OPEC. And that's the reason that Trump went to see Bin Salman first, because he understood right from the very beginning that undermining the petrodollar would be the key to victory against the cabal. And so it was right around that time that Bin Salman, at the behest of Trump, went to the leaders of all the cabal-controlled corporations around the world to essentially give them marching orders in accordance with the pantomime that the White Hats had planned and that we've all been living through and participating in these past several years. All of the major players were put on notice, and they were given a choice about which direction they wanted to go. Either they would accept some sort of a deal in order to lessen their punishment or preserve their life for a little while longer. And in some cases, the deal centered around them being able to maintain their public perception and legacy. But overall, they were given a choice whether they wanted to cooperate with the White Hats as a part of this controlled demolition or whether they wanted to be executed at a military tribunal. And of course, it's very well known that there were several major players taken off the chessboard without being given that choice because they were just too evil and they posed too much of a threat to the public. So all of these individuals who were compromised became pawns in this chess game. And even though we don't know exactly who is who at this point, we certainly know the overall paradigm of the white hat strategy. And it's very clear that they are in control behind the scenes. And they're pulling the strings of these puppets that appear to be working for the cabal. Now, obviously, there's going to be some disagreement on that point. And I understand that. But I continue to believe, based upon all the evidence and all the intel that I've seen, that the enemy has been defanged. And we are watching their slow dissolution in the form of a movie that's playing out in order to wake up the sleepers ahead of the EBS and the rollout of the QFS. And another key piece of the equation to understand here is that Nasara and Jasara isn't just about currency. It's about reverting our entire system back to its constitutional roots, not just in terms of money, but also in terms of election integrity. 
And this is why you've heard so many times that it's all about fixing election 2020. Trump continually points this out, and he reminds us that if 2020 isn't fixed, there can be no future integrity in our electoral system. And this would effectively prevent us from being able to rebuild our constitutional republic on the foundation that was intended by our forefathers. And of course, usurped from us using the Organic Act of 1871. Now, I understand that at this stage, we're now in June of 2023, and we're bracing for another election season. And so many people out there think that the opportunity to save or to somehow rectify the election theft of 2020 is no longer possible. A lot of people out there think that that ship has already sailed. But if you consider the tenets of the art of war, and our leader continually reminding us consistently that it's not over yet, and then you combine that with the knowledge that Nasara and Jasara will fundamentally fix not only our economic system, but also our election system, which, by the way, is going to be run through Starlink and will have the same cybersecurity safeguards as the economic system known as the QFS, you begin to realize that the issue of 2020 is far from settled. And in my view, once the EBS goes off and the QFS is introduced, there will be justice for 2020. We know that this is not over yet and that Trump will make his triumphant return in order to usher in this new era. So understanding the QFS amidst this historical backdrop and in light of recent events over the past couple of years, we can begin to better visualize what's coming and how it's all coming together and see it all coming together. We know that the alliance has repatriated trillions of dollars of assets to fund the QFS. And we also know that the quantum technology that's being used for the financial system is going to safeguard our elections, not just here in America, but all over the world. Obviously, this is a fundamentally important part of restoring sovereignty back to the individual and to the nation state. Dr. Scott Young breaks all of this down brilliantly, folks, and repeatedly he's pointed out that if Nasara and Jasara were not in place, if the alliance had not captured all of this wealth from the cabal and repatriated it, and if they didn't have quantum technology to be able to counter the great reset plan of the enemy with cryptocurrency, we would have seen the White Hats install a president like General Flynn or another individual with a military background because war would have been the only option. And by war, I mean overt civil war. And of course, you've heard many times that if Hillary Clinton actually won in 2016, there would have been a hot coup because there wouldn't have been any other option. But the reality is that the White Hats placed Trump in the presidency due to his business and economic background. And of course, having been through bankruptcy himself, he understood the process and how to oversee it at a nation state level. And this is what's really been happening behind the scenes in preparation for the EBS and the rollout of the QFS. 
Trump's executive orders provided the legal framework to carry out bankruptcy operations against corporations and organizations involved in election theft, treason, sedition, and crimes against humanity. This is why we've seen so many major CEOs step down and why we've seen so much restructuring happening on the surface level. All of the pieces fit together. And so all of this drama infused into the pantomime about rolling out central bank digital currency and Fed now is all just a part of the illusion that the cabal is hoping everybody will buy into. But the reality is that the quantum financial system has already fundamentally killed the prospect of central bank digital currency. And throughout this entire process, Trump and the White Hats have been surgically extracting the teeth of the Federal Reserve, which is the beating heart of this economic debt prison matrix. And for the first time in history, the Federal Reserve now has a negative debt-to-income ratio, which means they have no ability to even roll out a new form of currency because they're unable to back it with anything. And the other piece of the financial puzzle that Dr. Scott talks about that's vitally important to grasp is that the Federal Reserve is the lender of last resort, which means that when any other bank defaults on its debt, ultimately, this pathway leads to the Federal Reserve being able to buy up that toxic debt. And so when the Fed finally runs out of money and is incapable of taking on these obligations as the lender of last resort, the debts then become forgiven because the entire institutional backing of the loans, which gets passed from one lender to another, has finally run out of options to continue financing that debt. And so when Q posted that gold will kill the Fed, this is exactly the strategy that was being announced to those with eyes to see and ears to hear. The alliance was telling us right from the beginning that the quantum financial system would be backed by gold and ultimately destroy the Fed as the lender of last resort. And given all the financial chaos that we've been experiencing as the banks continue to collapse due to ongoing kinetic operations by the White Hats behind the scenes, we know that the walls are closing in on the private Western Central Bank. And they're simply not going to be able to continue to prop up our debt-driven economy. And when that happens, the debt must be forgiven. And so this entire fiat economy, which is based upon confidence, is continuing to erode under these conditions that the White Hats have established in order to carry out the controlled demolition of the system. So the whole idea of CBDC, not only is it a farce, but I happen to believe that the conversation surrounding this issue is being put out there by the White Hats in order to demonstrate to all the sleepers exactly where the cabal wanted to take us. And they're doing this on a financial level. They're doing it on a geopolitical and military level. They're showing us exactly what the enemy had in store for us. But the reality is, is that they simply do not have the backing to roll out any new form of currency at all. Whereas the White Hats have all the gold repatriated, all the wealth has been returned to its rightful nation state, and the QFS 
is ready to be flipped on the moment the EBS is initiated. And by the way, speaking of confidence in the economy, it's not just the people within the United States and their perception of the solvency of the system that continues to keep it going. It's also the international community of nation states that we engage in commerce with who just so happen to own a vast majority of our treasury bonds, which ultimately fund the debt and enable confidence in the system to continue by virtue of selling treasury bonds. But like we've talked about so often recently, and you'll recall my conversations with Jim Willie, not only are foreign nations dumping treasury bonds and investing in gold, the cabal now has the added problem of not being able to sell new treasury bonds to fund the debt when they raise the debt ceiling, which is why raising the debt ceiling is not going to fix the problem. Nor will manipulating interest rates, because raising them ultimately drives down consumer confidence in spending when money becomes more expensive to borrow. And this is a trap that the White Hats have led the enemy into. They really have no other options at this point other than to implode on themselves. And so, of course, this then leads into a conversation about the EBS, which we know is going to be the ultimate flip of the switch, the reversal event. What we refer to as the eye of the storm, as the military moves in to do what's necessary on multiple different levels. And obviously, we have seen massive troop movements and deployments of heavy equipment into cities that we have expected all along would see overt military action. Now, my understanding is that we're talking about 27 states that have deployed military assets. And in my estimation, this means that we're extremely close to whatever false flag is going to happen. Probably multiple events that will then trigger the EBS and usher in the military so that the full transition to the QFS can take place. And when the EBS goes off and Trump is back in office, my belief is that he will officially announce Nasara and the transition into the new system will be underway. Now, clearly, there will be a massive increase in precious metals when this happens, particularly gold and silver, which is why I've urged folks to check out patriotundergroundgold.com to transfer their 401k and their IRA to precious metal holdings while they still have the opportunity before this transition takes place. Folks, there is going to be a massive increase in the price of precious metals because the demand will go up. And initially, until this all gets sorted out and the price of gold gets pegged, nobody is going to be selling. So folks would be in a very good position to make quite a bit of money on their acquisition of gold and silver during this time. But ultimately, it's about protecting assets and not having to take a 30 to 40% hit as the stock market crashes and all of your investments are tied up in that rigged game. So what we're looking at here, folks, is a U.S. Treasury note that will be automatically applied to the funds in your bank account. And I don't believe for a second that there's any reason to pull all of your money out of the bank. I think that is just terrible information and terrible advice. Certainly, it's wise to keep a stash of cash for the storm itself. But the idea that all of the money in everybody's bank account is going to simply disappear makes absolutely zero sense as being a part of this plan. Imagine how quickly this country 
would devolve into complete chaos if everybody's bank accounts went to zero. We'd be looking at a Mad Max-like scenario, regardless of the military's presence, within days, if not hours. There is no way that the White Hats would ever adopt that strategy, in my view. To victimize people who know nothing about what's going on, and of course, risk the complete collapse of society. That's not their objective, nor is it aligned with their overall mission. Again, folks, we're talking about the precipice of destruction in a near-death experience, not actually having the world crumble, but to give everyone a taste of what that would feel like. And that's, of course, why the military is positioning itself all over the country. They know that when the EBS goes off and all of this information comes out, and the general public realizes the degree to which they've been lied to, and all of the horrific detail about human trafficking and child torture and rape on an industrial scale emerges into the light from the darkness, not to mention the genocidal plot of COVID and the stolen election, the elections that have been stolen now for decades, people are going to be absolutely enraged. And there are going to be threats everywhere for an interim period that the military is going to have to deal with in addition to making mass arrests. But I also believe that the words of Q are going to be fulfilled when we were told that resistance at this point would be met with fierce opposition by the White Hats. You see, a part of this reversal event is going to be the reversion back to justice. We've seen nothing but injustice out in the open for years now. But when the EBS goes on and the military is officially activated, all of that's going to change. And criminal activity is not going to be tolerated. And that's part of why these tribunals and subsequent executions are going to be shown to the public. This is going to reverberate throughout the entire world. And everyone out there is going to know that we've returned back to a world that demands justice. The reason we see so much criminality is because there is no justice. We live in a system that encourages lawlessness at this point. But that's all about to change. The military has officially been moved into position, folks. And even though there are many prominent voices out there in the Patriot community who are raising doubt about this operation and buying the narrative that this is just a training exercise, I can assure you folks that this movement that we're seeing is preparation. They are preparing the public consciousness ahead of the EBS to accept military presence in the streets. All of the narrative is being put out there by the mainstream media and even within the alternative media, suggesting that this is just a training exercise are completely off base in terms of the reality of the situation we're living through right now. The National Guard and other military assets are being put into position for the EBS as we speak. And all of these training exercises that are going on all over the world are cover for the coming nuclear standoff. And of course, all of the overt military operations that need to take place. I've been very consistent in maintaining that this is exactly where we're headed. But I've also discussed many times that there will be no actual nuclear exchange. There will be no actual world war. There will be no actual civil war. 
This is a scare event or a series of scare events that Q told us was necessary. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about what's going to transpire over the remainder of 2023 and into next year. And specifically, whether the EBS is going to go off before we hit the 2024 election. And then to add another layer on top of that, there seems to be a pretty universal consensus that the eye of the storm is going to hit in the summer months and into the fall. And so now that we're into the summer of 2023, many people are wondering if this is actually going to transpire over the next few months, given all that's happening around the world. But I have to tell you folks that I suspect we might be going into 2024 and that we might be looking at a little while longer before all of this comes together. Now, I could be wrong. And honestly, I want to be wrong. Obviously, I want the EBS to have happened yesterday. But we also have to recognize that there are a lot of pieces that need to fall into place before we see the return of Trump and the announcement of the QFS. And with all the congressional investigations ongoing, Durham coming back into the spotlight, as well as the kinetic theaters on the geopolitical stage that are continuing to unfold, my feeling is that. While we're as close as we've ever been, there is a strong possibility that the eye of the storm may not happen this summer and that it might actually be the election year of 2024 when all of these pieces of the puzzle finally come together. But in any event, I believe we are exactly where we are supposed to be at this stage of the plan. Remember that the more dire things get on the surface, the closer we are to getting to the truth beneath and to justice. And so as far as I'm concerned, not knowing all the details of this plan, and certainly not knowing the sequence of events, I've accepted that I'm in this fight as long as it takes. As long as we continue to move in the right direction and we can see evidence of the white hats operating, I am going to continue to hold the line and maintain my faith in this operation. Again, obviously, I want to see everything become overt as quickly as possible. And I fully admit that this is what it's going to take in order to wake up a majority of the population to what's really going on. But I also have understood for a long time now the necessity of letting this game theory strategy play out, not only because it's a brilliant plan, but also because of what we've come to learn is at stake. And what's at stake is literally everything for the future of humanity. Right up until the very end, folks, there are going to be unanswered questions and fog of war. There's going to be an increasing amount of disinformation and attempts to distract us as a means of division as we are organically unifying as one people. The enemy forces are going to do everything they can from wherever they are in order to prevent and derail the train of justice from reaching its station, and prevent the ascension of humanity. But they will fail. Not a single bit of it is going to work. They can make the process very painful. They can drag it out for a long time, as they have, but in the end, they will be expended of all their ammunition, both literally and metaphorically, in terms of their ability to continue to wield their economic tools of enslavement. But again, 
I think there are many ongoing scenes in this movie that need to play out before the EBS is triggered. And given the fact that the White Hats are in control behind the scenes, they have the luxury of allowing the enemy to grind themselves down in the process. They already know that they've won the game. Checkmate has already happened. And this is a matter of bringing the world up to speed. And of course, redefining the unipolar power structure of the world into a multipolar balance, as it was always intended to be. So are we going to see military action in Taiwan? I think there's a very strong possibility that we will. And I also think that we're going to see the Ukraine war escalate to a large degree before all of this is said and done, because deep state targets still remain. And the world maps need to be rewritten in order to right the wrongs of the past all over the world and restore rightful leadership to every nation state on earth. Obviously, this takes quite a bit of time. And whether or not this process is going to be complete or close enough to completion this summer is debatable, to say the least. But at the same time, we're seeing very clear indications that a nuclear false flag event could unfold in Ukraine. Just yesterday, Zelensky claimed that Russia is preparing a terror attack at an occupied nuclear plant. So it's very possible that circumstances could rapidly accelerate in the next couple of weeks, and we could see overt military action by the fall. Honestly, that's what I'm rooting for, folks, as I know all of you are as well. We'll have to see how it plays out, but I think we should be prepared for either scenario. But I also should remind everybody, like I said earlier in the show, this is about fixing election 2020. And even though at the time I thought that we would never see the midterm elections of 2022 be stolen, which turned out to be incorrect, I have to tell you that I don't see any way of rectifying 2020 if 2024 is stolen. Nor do I see this country being able to weather the storm without falling into civil war, primarily stemming from states seceding from the Union. And of course, we also have the complicating factor of the border invasion to contend with at the same time. So personally, I don't see any scenario where this can go past November of 2024, which means that whether it's this summer or next summer, we are getting ready to go on the most incredible journey and experience the most wild ride of our lives that is going to completely transform the human experience forever. Not only are we going to be ushering in an entirely new era in terms of the QFS, which will abolish the IRS and income taxes, like Dr. Scott says, the Internal Revenue Service will be a massively reduced workforce tasked with managing the 14% non-essential item sales tax that will fund government operations. But there's a much deeper level of richness that awaits us. And this is where I truly think our focus needs to be. We are going to discover collectively our inherent powers as manifestations of the Creator. And as our DNA is restored and all of this hidden technology is released to the world, we are going to enter into an age that goes beyond golden. We're going to be entering into an entirely new dimension where possibilities that seem completely at odds with everything that we think we know about the world are suddenly going to become possible. We're going to experience the ability to live out our dreams, to go anywhere at any time, at any moment, 
to explore all of our passions and the desires that exist deep within the human heart. These are passions that God put there for a reason. And even though the constraints of this 3D reality that we've always known have conditioned us to think that living out our dreams is impossible, God always had a plan to show us the opposite in the end. And this is what we're fighting for. We're fighting for truth. We're fighting for justice. But on an even deeper level, we are pioneering an entirely new age for every generation that comes after us. I don't think you can really even begin to wrap your brain around a more epic responsibility than the one that we've been blessed with. And so I envision the future as a place where anything is possible. And the love that drives us and continues to feed our passion will become the currency of the new age. Right now, everyone's talking about the QFS and Nasara, Jasara, like we've been doing tonight. And I understand the necessity of that and how our ascension will come in stages. But ultimately, we're headed in our own lifetime to a place where money, the way that we think about it now, is entirely irrelevant because we're going to experience the abundance that God put on this planet for us, his dearest creation. And in the process, we're going to forever alter what we place value in. There's so much talk about the revaluation. But the real version of that that's going to matter the most is in terms of our spiritual values, not our currencies. The way that we interact with each other, the way that we direct our energy, the way that we learn to manifest with our consciousness everything that God put in our hearts will define the new age. This is where we're headed. And this is exactly what we're pioneering right now. So I want everybody out there to be left with that message tonight. This is an epic adventure, and the future is boundless with possibilities. Right now, we need to focus on getting us to and through the storm of a lifetime. But we also need to start living on the fifth dimensional plane in the sense that we dedicate more and more of our energy to envisioning and collectively contributing to the world that we know God has tasked us with rebuilding. So as you look toward the future, don't allow the uncertainty to fill your heart with fear or anger. But instead, be led by faith that God has always had a plan. We've been tested many times along the way, and we will continue to be in order for us to get closer to him and to each other in the process. But someday, when we look back on all of this, we're going to recognize all that was necessary to win this war. And upon that recognition, we will embrace every sacrifice that we made and gladly make the same sacrifices again in order to arrive at our destination, which is the fifth dimension and beyond. Hold the line, patriots. The very best is yet to come. God wins. All right, everybody, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Please take a moment to hit that like button if you did and let me know in the comments your reaction to the information and the analysis that I presented tonight. Also, folks, please support my work by checking out the links in the description. 
You can do that by visiting my merch store, patriotunderground.shop. I have great items there, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, stickers, beer mugs, a wide variety of very high-quality items at affordable prices. Helps me out quite a bit. You can also support my work by buying me a coffee. You'll see a link in the description. And when you go to that website, you have the option of becoming a member for $5 a month, which will give you first access to all of my new content as well as access to the Patriot Underground Chats. The next one is coming up this Saturday, the 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Very excited about that. So if you're interested in being a part of that conversation, these are non-recorded, informal chats, a way to share ideas and energy and consciousness with like-minded people, fellow patriots all around the world. I highly recommend you become a member. Well worth the money, folks. And of course, you can cancel at any time, but I don't think you will. I also wanted to mention patriotswitch.com slash patriotunderground, the best site out there for all of your personal and household products manufactured right here in America by a company that shares our spiritual, political, and philosophical values. This is money that you're going to spend anyway, folks. You might as well spend it with the good guys. You might as well give yourself yet another reason to not walk into Target and Walmart and all of these other big box conglomerates that funnel all of your money to the cabal so that they can in turn fund operations against us. This is a no-brainer. There are more than 2 million people out there who have already made the switch. And by the way, I'm still looking to add members to my team like I talked about in my previous videos. If you're interested in that, please let me know and I will forward your information to my team member, Allison. In fact, I think I'll put her email address in the description of the video if anybody is interested in that. And finally, folks, before I sign off tonight, I want to remind everybody about PatriotUndergroundGold.com, the best company out there to roll over your 401k and your IRA into gold and precious metals. This is an absolutely amazing opportunity to safeguard everything that you've worked your entire life to earn and put yourself in a position to not only be protected as we transition into the QFS, but also to capitalize as well, given the price of gold that's going to skyrocket in the process. I'm not a financial advisor, folks, but you've heard Dr. Scott Young on my show. You've heard Jim Willie. You've heard many, many great patriots out there advise precious metal retirement accounts. And now certainly is the time to make that move because we really don't know how much longer we have until this mirroring process stops when the EBS gets triggered. So patriotundergroundgold.com, the best company out there, folks. Do your research. Fill out a little bit of information. My team will contact you. And they will guide you through this process, and you will be very, very happy that you made this decision to protect your wealth. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all of your love and your support. I love each and every one of you. I'll be back soon with another report. Until then, God bless and Godspeed. Patriot out.